0: Welcome to NARPM Radio, your source for property management practices and ideas to help your career delivered to fit your busy schedule. NARPM Radio, get tuned in.
1: Well, Trevor, Todd, and Matthew are getting situated. I'm going to do a brief introduction on each of them. Trevor Garrett, MP, RMP, Trevor is an innovative leader known for thinking fast and then putting his big ideas into action quickly. With a knack for data and for seeing a good deal, he used his natural talents and passions to have early success in the real estate world as an entrepreneur and advisor. He is a principal broker of Property Management Connection and a licensed general contractor. Trevor holds an undergraduate and graduate degree in accounting. When Trevor is not doing real estate, he can be found rooting for the St. Louis Cardinals, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Nashville Predators. Way to go, Trevor. Todd Orscheid. Todd has held a real estate sales license in Georgia since 2008. Born in Charleston, West Virginia, He also lived in Florida and Ohio. He majored in professional aviation at Embry-Riddle University. Prior to joining GTL Property Management and Sales, he worked as an airline pilot for a major airline based in Atlanta and also served as the Executive Vice President of the Airline Pilots Association International. Thank you, Todd, for being part of our team and Matthew Tringali. Matthew was born in Boston, but eventually saw the light and moved to North Carolina. He attended North Carolina State University, where he met his wife. He worked in local local real estate since 2003. His early real estate career included renovation projects and sales of local single-family residential real estate. During the uh, real estate downturn, he realized that his listings would not sell, so he approached his sellers with inquiries about property management. With those insights in mind, he birthed Smart Shield property management with a combined focus on management and sales. When not working, you will find him spending time with his family, reading a book, riding his bike, or attending an NC State sporting event. So thank you, gentlemen, for joining us today. And we were going to start with them giving you some background about how they set up the accounting standards and where they are today. Trevor, do you want to start?
2: Excellent. So I am probably different, I believe, from the other two presenters today. I self-implemented the accounting standards. With, you know, you can definitely do that yourself. There's the profit coach vendor that offers that service, along with usually there's a few other accounting vendors, and even your private accountant can do it as well. So for me, it was mainly, you know, just getting around to actually doing it. Kind of started, I think it was probably March of last year when I wanted to understand some of my accounting numbers better and it was like a you know, Sunday at lunchtime and I think six hours later uh, I had fully implemented and redone most of my books for the prior six months or so with the <laughs> to the to the standards you know all through the NARPUM website you're able to go online and go through Profit Coach to be able to customize the accounting standards to or the to customize the chart of accounts to meet your business needs, and then they're able to give you an export that you're able to use to implement.
1: All right. Thank you, Trevor. Hey, Todd, you want to share with them how you got started? Absolutely. Thank you, Todd.
2: Yes, I use the
0: vendor that uh, Trevor actually mentioned. So when I decided I wanted to implement the accounting standard, I talked to several different vendors, and I ended up working with a profit coach who not only did the conversion for us, but also went back and did a historical conversion for us for the previous two years. So we would be able to do comparisons in the new year to our previous two years. So they went through and did all that work. They did it all in QuickBooks for us, put the new chart of accounts in, reclassified all of our expenses and income, and did a really good job on it. So it it was basically plug and play for us. I just turned it all over to them, and within, I want to say, about a two-week period, everything was done without any work required on our end made a pretty easy process for us
1: great and Matthew can you share with us
0: hello
3: glad to be here so yeah, similarly to Todd I use professional implementation of the Narcom accounting standards I do not have an undergraduate or graduate degree in accounting like Trevor so kudos to Trevor and yeah I mean the the thing that I would add to that you know the, the benefits why did I do it how has it helped me since then is it's allowed me to very, very easily identify opportunities in my business, both in terms of income opportunities and cost-saving opportunities with expenses. I'll also say like many property managers, I'm, I'm looking at potential acquisition opportunities. And as far as I'm concerned, any other property manager who's already on the NARPA accounting standards is worth more to me when I look at acquisition opportunities than those who are not.
1: Great. Can you share with our participants any insight that would help them when they're looking at setting this up? What benefit has it given to you? And one of the questions that people talk about sub accounts, setting up sub accounts, things like that. Is there any insight you can share that will help them? Trevor, you want to start?
2: Sure. So I'll use the uh, generic example of marketing. You know what is marketing? And, you know, previous, I had, you know, one line expense line that was just marketing, but we have a sales team doing real estate sales in addition to, you know, property management and, you know, property management is marketing the marketing of a rental property or is marketing trying to acquire a new client. So using the marketing example, you know, part of the accounting standards. Well, now there's a marketing line item for brokerage sales. There's a line item for acquiring new owner clients and then for marketing your vacant listings. And there's actually even more than that. But using that as an example, it really allows you to get a grip on the financials of of your business and be able to understand you know, how much of your profit might be from property management, how much is from maintenance, how much is from tenants or owners or brokerage sales. And so you know, that's really been a positive influence for us.
1: Todd, is there anything you'd like to share?
0: See, I would say the biggest problem prior to the accounting standard was, you know, when you sat down at a conference with someone and you're asking questions about, you know, how, what sort of revenue are you getting from, say, leasing fees or management fees or whatever it may be, you wouldn't be able to get an apples to apples comparison because, for example, you talk about leasing fees. Well, what are you including in leasing fees? Are you including just new tenant placements? Are you including lease renewals? Are you including fees you charge the tenant or just fees that you charge the owner? And that was all over the map. You know, every person you would talk to was different and you had to ask 15 questions before you could drill down and figure out what the numbers actually were so you could actually do a comparison. Well, now, under the accounting standard, it's all very clear. You know, when I ask someone, you know, what are your lease renewal fees on this line, you know, this account code, I know exactly what I'm getting from them because it's the exact same thing that we're doing because it's all broken out separately. So, you know, to me, that's the biggest advantage you get is you're actually able to make apples-to-apples comparisons without having to do all that extra work. The other thing, I think, Gail, you had asked about sub-accounts and all that kind of stuff. There's a frequent question from people about that, and you know, I would just say that the system is designed in a way to where you're able to do all that very easily. So you'll have a a category, for example, other tenant fees is just a a main category. I can't remember the exact name it has on the chart of accounts. I apologize. I don't have it in front of me, but I have about 40 different sub-accounts under that for tenant fees. Because that's how many different kinds of fees I have. Or under software, I have 15 or 20 different ones for all the software vendors we have. So if you like to get granular, like I do, you're easily able to do that in the accounting standard, but it still lumps under that main category. So when you're talking to someone else and trying to make a comparison, you're still able to get the right number because you can just, it's all included under that software category or under that other tenant fees category. So it just makes it really easy to do comparisons from one company to another.
1: Interesting. And now Matthew, I know you have other people who do the work for you a lot. So if you want to share how you use the data they give you, that would be great.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I would echo everything Trevor and Todd said. And, and to Todd's point, I mean, you know, if you take the opportunity to be in a mastermind or, or even just spend any opportunity with another property manager, to actually pull out your books and compare, it is extremely meaningful. And so earlier, when I said it's really a down, allowed me to identify opportunities, that's exactly what I mean, right? So I can look at those specific income categories we're talking about and say, "Wow, you know that that's you make a lot of money in that income category. I'm not. Uh, let me figure out why not." Or expense, like if my facilities is a higher percentage than it should be, then I know, like, okay, I need to cut facilities expenses to improve my situation. In terms of subcategories, I mean, I'll mention a couple of things. One that was really helpful to clarify is things like direct labor and management labor. You know, before the NARCOM Accounting Standards, we all may have had different definitions over those things. So to understand, you know, where where to classify sales and marketing and how that works helps you identify some opportunities there. Other things that are helpful are things like cost of goods sold, because, again, a lot of us will do it differently, right? Where we might put, for example, if you have a resident benefits package... Some people might be putting all of the top line revenue and income and then putting the associated expenses with those down in your expense category versus some people might be billing them as a cost of goods sold to reduce your overall income. And these things matter when we start talking about things like revenue per door and having apples to apples comparison to systematize those things. Great.
1: So I don't remember which of you are, all three of you using QuickBooks online. It seems as though some, one of the questions we had was the person was having problems uploading their chart of accounts and they tried it with QuickBooks desktop, but it wouldn't sync with their bank. Are you using QuickBooks online? And have you had any issues with uploading accounts? Trevor, we'll start with you.
2: When I did the conversion I was on QuickBooks desktop and I guess since then, I've moved from desktop to online.
1: And does your sync with your bank? Yes. QuickBooks and no issues? Correct. Okay, Todd?
0: Yeah, we were using QuickBooks online at the time of the conversion. Now, of course, we didn't do the conversion ourselves, so I don't know how difficult it was for for Daniel and those guys to do that, but it seemed to go smoothly. We have no problems syncing with our banks. We use one of the same banks that many other property managers use, and we haven't had any issues, so it, it seems to work just fine.
1: Okay. Matthew, do you know?
3: Yeah, same as Trevor. We were uh, QuickBooks Desktop previously, and when we converted, we also switched to QuickBooks Online, and we have not had any issues with any of our bank accounts.
1: Okay. So one of the suggestions from Daniel when we sent this question to him also is to go into our website and watch one of the, the previous accounting standards videos because they talk about using QuickBooks Online. And you may have to hire someone to figure out what the problem with uploading. Okay, how do you use the Excel spreadsheet top metric calculation tool? Do you know what they're talking about in that case? That may be something that what Daniel's answer was, watch the six do and die metric webinar that he presented last year for NARPA, or you can reach out to Daniel, we'll give you his email address. So do, and this is probably a question for Todd. Todd, what is the major difference between the NARPAM accounting standards and GAP?
0: Well, I mean, they're they're really not related. So, I mean, GAP is generally accepted accounting principles. You know, anybody who's taken college-level accounting courses has dealt with it at some point or another. I mean, it deals with a lot of rules as to how you do. You, you handle all of your accounting, but the NARPAM accounting standard really isn't related to that so much. The NARPAM accounting standard is is really more about how you categorize your expenses and your income, making sure that everybody is on that same chart of accounts, basically. That's really what the NAS is, is a chart of accounts that everybody is using that's the same across the board. Your accountant as to how they deal with your books every year and everything under, you, under GAP is is completely unrelated. It doesn't impact that, so it's not anything to worry about. If you're using generally accepted accounting principles now, you will be after you convert to the accounting standards. That's not anything to really concern yourself with.
1: So a question came up on the chat is just with you three. Can you tell us which bank you're using, Trevor?
2: Yeah, we're just using a local bank in Nashville. Todd? Uh, In
0: Georgia, we use Seacoast. Uh, Down in Florida, we still have to stay with Bank of America since Seacoast isn't there yet. Okay. Matthew?
3: We also use Seacoast Commerce Bank. And I know Chuck also has mentioned that he has to download the files directly. And he asked, are you able to directly link it to AppFolio? Uh, I'm not in AppFolio Chuck, so I'm not sure about that situation that you're having. But as far as I can tell, for, for us, it's pretty seamless with uh, property wear and everything that we do.
1: And Trevor, who do you use? Uh, it's Appfolio. Have you had any issues with that folio and the accounting standards?
2: No, but I don't think that's really a fair comparison. <laughs> because, you know, the accounting standards, therefore, you're operating accounts, which, you know, are for our operating accounts, all of our, you know, we're tracking those in QuickBooks and Folio does do our accounting on our, you know, management or trust yeah. accounts, however you wish to call it. So there is, uh, I guess, kind of a barrier between the two, but really the implementing the accounting standards wouldn't be affected by your management software vendor.
1: Well, that's good to know, that's really good to know. Okay, so do you, one of the questions that was asked earlier on the survey monkey that was sent to you all ahead of time dealt with employing a separate forensic CPA to audit their books. Do you recommend this and and what questions should they be asking him? Sort of off the lines of the accounting standards, but they use that folio also.
3: Do you have any advice, maybe? I'll I'll chime in on that. And and again, it's sort of a similar coming to what Trevor was just saying in terms of, you know, are they asking about trust ops or both, right? So for me with trust accounting, uh, yes, I use a a third party monthly auditor that does our bank recs that is completely separate from anyone in my office or my bookkeeping firm, which I use Profit Coach for that. And I like having, you know, that separate set of eyes that kind of presents that for my review. On the operations side, I do not subject that to a third-party audit, but we do just make sure to put proper controls in place so that, you know, no one person or party has, you know, exclusive
0: authority really to do anything.
1: Todd, do you have any input?
0: Yeah, I'm I'm actually really big on these third-party audits. If you go to my website, you'll actually see we've got a badge on the bottom of our page that, that specifically points out we use third-party auditors for every month to do our reconciliations and to do any sort of special projects we have for, for any sort of forensic accounting that's needed. But I think every management company should have a third set of eyes, not just you and your bookkeeper, but somebody outside the company always looking at them, both on the company books and on especially your trust accounts because there's all sorts of room, especially with so many people using VAs and everything else nowadays. It's, it's really easy for you to lose track of what's going on in your books, and having someone that's really trained to look for that kind of stuff, keeping an eye on it that isn't in your daily operation, is always a good idea in my view, and we definitely do that.
1: Okay, a question came up. If the NARPM charts become widespread adopted, are there any inputs from people selling their property management company as to the potential increase in sales potential for a company now abiding by the structure of this would be interesting data to see versus property management companies selling without any of these standards.
3: I'll I'll chime in again and I don't know if there's enough data yet to answer that question, you know, in an objective manner, but anecdotally, You know, that's how I opened in my little opening commentary here is that, you know, we are actively looking for acquisition opportunities. And anecdotally, if you're asking me, if you and I want to do a deal together, I absolutely am going to value your company higher if you're on NARPIC accounting standards already. And and not just on NARPIC accounting standards already, but have historical records dating back at least like a year or two, at least.
1: Todd, did you want to say something?
0: Yeah, I'm not actively looking for, for companies to purchase at the moment. But if I was, I could say that one of the first things I would do is I would tell the companies I'm looking at, I need to see your numbers in this format. You know, I'm not really able to do uh, an apple to apples comparison if your numbers are all over the place. And I, I can't tell, you know, what's going on, to be honest with you. And it's a lot more work for me to do it the old fashioned way. So, you know, if you, if, you want it, if you want me to make an offer on your company, then please put your numbers in this format and I'll consider it.
3: Yeah. And I would say, you know, to follow up on Todd's point, like I'm willing to do the work, for example, but it's potentially like a hundred hours worth of work. And so, you know, if I'm going to be investing that much time to do my due diligence to essentially convert your books into a format that's meaningful for me, you know, I'm going to value my time and then my offer on your company is going to reflect that.
2: I think I'll add, I mean, I guess at conferences and things you hear Quite often people talk about how property management companies are probably undervalued just from a general like ratio standpoint. But I do feel like a lot of that is based on property management companies selling that are not in great financial positions, both in actual financials, but also in their books. And I know some people that you know, do go around looking for those opportunities that way. But, you know, if you have your books in line uh, and are consistent with how you, you know, track your accounting and the NARPM accounting standards being one consistent way to do that. I mean, not only are you going to have a much better product to go you know, try to sell your business, but you're also going to have make much better financial decisions as you know, the owner, or broker, or manager of your company.
1: Very good. There is a high percentage of this person's residential PM in, income, which he said is the 4,100, is tenant income. He says the accounting standard does not make it easy to break down owner versus tenant income. Any suggestions you may have? One of the things that Daniel's suggestion was you can add any number of decimal sub accounts to either the 4124 owner paid fees or the 4125 tenant paid fees. Would you agree with doing it that way? Do you know?
3: Yeah, I would agree. And I guess I almost don't understand the question in that regard, just because there, there are those opportunities to to break it out like that.
1: Oh, our, our question person happens to be on the session with us. Actually, there is a great way to break it out. Tenant versus owner paid fees. Yes, so we're going to, what I guess the Daniel's comment was to maybe make it more of a sub-account under 4124 and 4125 to break out the fees by putting decimal points.
0: No, I'm saying you can you can do the decimals for individual fees and everything. I mean that's what I do. I mean I have 40 different sub accounts for the, which are those decimals for all the different kinds of tenant fees or owner fees that I have. But I mean the the chart as it comes out of the box is it, is already set up to basically keep tenant paid fees and owner paid fees separated. So right. I, I mean there's there's not really a problem there, to be honest with you. I mean, it's already set up that way. You can just make it more granular uh, using the decimals if you want to, which I recommend, but it's not really necessary in order to keep those separated under the basic chart of accounts that, that the standard gives you. Correct, I agree with that. All
1: right, so I really like this one. It says, how do I get started tracking my property? Software? I am new to this. What are standards? So Daniel's response is, hmm, I would recommend some entry-level NARPM classes here. Do you have any recommendations? We'll stick with Daniel's. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, it's just, you, can, you we could probably take another hour just having a session on this, right?
1: <laughs> right, exactly. So what do you see the future of the accounting standards, what NARPOm can do with this product? I know Trevor had the opportunity with us to sit down and talk to Daniel and Jordan, and what do you see that we can do with this product? So,
2: yeah, I think the the future's bright and there's, you know, a lot more opportunities ahead. Uh, you know, NARP, I guess stepping back, you know, NARPAM, um, this was a project that narpm started and hired Profit Coach to put this together and uh, put together some of the initial benchmarking and metrics and I think if you're able to see Gail's screen, there's four PDFs uh, linked on that screen there that I'd encourage everyone to go uh, read through those. Uh, some of them, I guess, probably are a little dense. Uh, but you know, at the end of the day, there was an initial grouping. I think it was about 30 property management companies that were benchmarked against each other, and those benchmarks are presented in those PDFs. and. You know, as we, we look at the future, more companies are adopting the accounting standards, which allows us to you know, have the opportunity in the future to benchmark maybe more companies, but also different types of companies. Uh, there's a big difference between maybe a you know, one person property management company with 100 properties uh, versus you know, a property management company with 800 properties and maybe a mid-level that's growing rapidly. those while all three could be great and viable property management business models are gonna have very different financials. So I think we're looking forward to the opportunity to you know dive into data, the more and the better data that's out there, the better as an industry as a whole will be.
1: Okay. Todd, do you have any ideas on what we can do in the future with the NAS?
0: Well, I think one of the things that will probably come about as this sort of becomes more common is we'll start to see mergers and acquisitions become a lot more professional than they have been in the past. You know, when you talk to people at conferences about, you know, what do you get for a property management company nowadays? We've always gotten answers like, oh, I pay about a thousand dollars a door or I pay one times yearly revenue or something to that effect. I mean, it's just kind of these general numbers because nobody can really accurately value a property management business the old way. But now I think we're probably, as this becomes more common and we can get real numbers, we're going to start to see you know, companies being purchased using you know, a, a, a multiplier of EBITDA or something to that effect more commonly because we'll actually be able to get accurate numbers to be able to do that. And I think in the long run that's going to result in companies getting higher valuations than they have in the past. Which means you'll be able to sell your business when you're ready to exit for more than you would have been able to previously. So, you know, I think that is something that will. It's going to take some time. We're going to need more people to get on the standard and more acquisitions to take place under that model. But I think ultimately that's going to take place.
1: Matthew,
3: not much new to add to what Trevor and Todd said. I really like Trevor's idea. I hadn't considered that before. That you know, we all understand the idea that you have different problems, right? If you're a 100-door company or a 400-door company or a 2,000-door company, and and it really will give you something unique to focus on to understand what strategy you want to adopt if you can understand the financial baselines uh, segmented out. And then to follow up on what Todd said, 100% agree, and I would add to that that you know, as more of these mergers and acquisitions happen, if anybody here is thinking about that type of thing, you really need to get any of your quote unquote owner perks off of your books to really reflect an accurate EBITDA and stop screwing around with the IRS. Like we all like to do.
1: <laughs> Great. All right. Well, I think you all have done a fabulous job today. Thank you so much, uh, Trevor, Todd, and Matthew for joining us and for sharing your thoughts. Uh, we will post this session both on a podcast uh, NARPUM Radio, and we will also post it on the NAS site on NARPUM.org, and I can't thank you all enough. We will be doing more of these sessions, as we know that the Narpm accounting standards are very important for your business. So thank you, everyone, and have a great week.
0: Thanks for listening to Narpm Radio. For more details on today's subject, refer to the show notes or visit NARPUM.org slash radio
2: And we'll see you next time on NARPUM Radio.